welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, the Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and today is all about fish. Uh, more specifically, fish being caught, or maybe not being caught, by the ever-handsome TR. I was just thinking of that sentence I said, or ever not being caught. It sounded like bad grammar. Maybe not being caught. <laughs> TR didn't catch any fish, is what I'm trying to say. I was trying to be clever about it, and um, my brain got the best of me. But here we are. Hello. Welcome back. I hope everyone is doing well and having a good week. I know that um, if you had a three-day weekend for Labor Day, I hope that was, you know, relaxing and fruitful. And mine was not. I threw out my back and it was terrible. But I'm on the mend and I'm figuring it out. My, you know, it's part of getting older, but I've had lower back problems since like my late to mid-20s, so uh, I won't give you the laundry list of all my ailments today, but um, what I will say is that this episode is at the request of one of our listeners, who is named Matt, who sent me a DM on Instagram earlier this week. Matt and I have actually talked a little bit before that as well, too. He'll, you know, he'll chime in on, you know, any Ina news that he hears or just, like, things about the podcast. He's very sweet, and he requested this episode more on the grounds of the... Uh, the campy silliness of watching, you know, TR attempts to catch a fish off the dock and also, you know, the main event, which is the summer fruit crustata. I mean, that is, TR might be the, the star of the show in many ways, but the summer fruit crustata is really the highlight for me, I feel. Um, and so, Matt, this one is for you. So thank you for sending in the recommendation. And I encourage... The rest of you to reach out as well. If there's an episode that you think, you know, that sticks out in your mind, or even if you can't remember, like, what season or what the episode is called, I'm if, even if you give me, a, like, a couple hints, I'm sure that, like, with our powers combined, you know, I'll, I'll post something on, fa- on Facebook or something like, does anyone else remember this episode? But I feel like, in in general, I can pretty much find any episode with a Google search, you know, especially if you know, like a guest or what they make or something like that. It's it's pretty much a Google search away. So, you know, send in send in your request. I am ready and willing. And there's no line, really. Matt just sent this to me earlier this week. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. So, you know, email me at goodvanillapod or find me on Instagram and Twitter at goodvanillapod or Facebook. I'm everywhere. So come and find me. Um, and with all that being said, I say we get into it. Let's Let's start, shall we? So this is Season 9, Episode 6, and this episode is called Good Catch. So Ina begins. I think Ina was outside as she's giving this sort of opening intro here. I don't know. She's wearing a white... I think she's wearing... In my mind, she's wearing like a white, oversized, you know, men's dress shirt. Or maybe it's a woman's dress shirt. Where does she buy her stuff? I need to know. Maybe that's the next video she'll make on Instagram is like, a lot of people ask me where I buy my clothes. I would die to know. Anyway, let's get into it. So Ida begins. She says, My friend TR has just bought an old fishing shack on the water, and he's invited me for dinner on his dock. He's catching the fish, and I'm cooking it. So I hope his fishing skills are up to the task and not an old fisherman's tale. Hmm. I'm making a delicious batter that's good for frying almost any fish, and potato chips that are baked in the oven. And to go with it, homemade tartar sauce and some pickles with fresh dill. 
For dessert, I'm bringing a summer fruit crostata with a crumble topping that will be perfect to eat on the deck. I want it to be known. <laughs> I started reading my own notes in Ina's voice. Did you hear that? Um, I do want it to be known that um, when Matt was uh, pitching this episode to me, um, that he said that TR is like shack in quotes is nicer than my whole house. And I agree, Matt, the same thing for me. I, I pictured like, I don't know, when someone says like an old fisherman shack, you know, I, I, I was picturing like a weathered, like wet, musty old wooden shack with like uh, like a potbelly stove in the corner. But of course, it is the lap of luxury and it's perfect in every way. And I would... I would love to have this little shack as just like a little getaway on the, on the water and it probably costs like a million dollars. So, but more on that later. We'll get to the shack later. Um now it is time to start. She actually starts out with the summer fruit crostata, which I do love um when Ina starts out with a dessert. I always feel I feel like I've said that in the past that's if she starts with a dessert, it's always going to be a great episode. So, she tells us the key to pulling off this summer evening soiree at the docks is uh, with TR is to prepare everything in advance, which is, you know, pretty on brand for Ina. She says that she'll cook the fish at his house, and um, but then she does say that is if we have any fish to cook. Hmm. So she starts out. By the way, I'm just adding these hmms in there. I feel like if I feel like Ina should say a hmm, I'm going to put it in there. And, you know, eventually she does, but I feel like they are sporadic, so... I just added for extra flavor. Uh, so she starts out with the crust, which is pretty, you know, pretty basic crust. It's, you know, flour, sugar, salts, two sticks of really cold butter. Uh, she pulses it in the uh, food processor until it's the size of small peas. And then she adds three ounces of ice water until the dough is sort of put together. The dough, I mean, we all know how obsessed with dough I am. It just looks amazing. It's almost It reminds me of like a sugar cookie dough or something like that, which I love. I feel like, I mean, I will say... I know chocolate chip cookie dough is like the go-to cookie dough for ice cream, but like I need someone to make a sugar cookie dough ice cream. It probably exists. I'm not going to say that it doesn't. I, I, I really try to stay away from the ice cream aisle at the grocery store because I, I don't trust myself. But like I can imagine like, you know, like a mon pa sort of ice cream place in your hometown that probably has a sugar cookie dough ice cream. Maybe it doesn't exist. Maybe I should, you know, that's another one of my million dollar ideas that I can put on my food truck or something like that. But it um, it, it looks so good. I could just like eat it with a spoon. But anyway, she says it'll make two crusts, one for today, and then she'll save another one for another time. She just, uh, so she tosses one into the fridge for about 30 minutes so that can firm up and the rest of the other half goes into the freezer. And Ina says, even if we don't have any fish for dinner, at least we have a good dessert and just kind of smirks at the camera. Um, I, I feel like Ina is not too confident in TR's fishing capabilities. And it's, uh, you know, the perfect sort of segue because we have a smash cut to TR standing at the edge of his dock wearing like a purple Lacoste polo. It's like a long sleeve polo, which I've never seen. And I'm, I mean, obviously they exist, but... Um, I don't know what type, time of year this is. It seems like it's like end of summer, beginning of fall, which is appropriate because that's where we're at right now. But he's like a walking L.L. Bean ad. Like his, you know, his silvery hair is blowing in the breeze. He just looks so picturesque. He's so handsome. Um, he pulls like, so we cut, we, we, we zoom in on him and he pulls off his sunglasses and just like rests them on top of his perfect hair. And he's like, he's like, I didn't tell Ina this, but I've never fished out of a dock before. 
And then he's like, but I have a rod, I have a reel, so let's hope for beginner's luck. And uh, that's all he says. But he's, again, I've said it before, like in the other episode that um, I covered with TR, like he's really, really good on camera, really good interacting with Ina. I think he like balances her out a little bit as far as like he doesn't get nervous. So like her nervous energy doesn't make him nervous. It kind of just complements it. They're a good pair is what I'm trying to say, I guess. So uh, speaking of Ina, we're back to Ina's house for some tartar sauce Every time I hear the word tartar sauce, I always think of my dad because he he always pronounces it tartar sauce because if you look at it, it does look like tartar sauce. And that's just like what he always called it when we were kids. So Ina's making some tartar sauce. Um, and I, I agree with this. I really, really do love homemade tartar sauce. I think there's something, even if it's just like the, you know, the bare minimum, even if it's with Miracle Whip, dare I say, because that's how we made it when we were younger. It was like Miracle Whip and relish. That's like all we did. We didn't add anything else into it. And that's even that is still good than like store bought uh, tartar sauce, I I believe, because Ina says something. I think she said something to the effect of like, I don't know, every time I buy store bought tartar sauce, it just feels like it's been sitting on the shelf for a while, uh, which which I do agree with. But, it, you know, there's also preservatives and all that other stuff, too. So not that there's not preservatives and like mayo and stuff, but it just feels a little bit more special and a little bit more, uh, just feels more fresh. So hers, of course, is like amped up. So she starts out with, I think it's a half a cup of mayo, two tablespoons of chopped pickles, some champagne or white wine vinegar, whatever you have on hand. I don't have either in my house. <laughs> I'm lucky if I have like, I think we have regular vinegar, like white vinegar and like apple cider vinegar. And I think that's it. Um, and then she adds some capers, some coarse grain mustard, salt and pepper. And she has this sort of like, it almost looks like a, like the magic bullet, but it's not, it's like a different thing. Um, uh, and then she just kind of, you know, gives it a whirl and then she packs it up into these little plastic containers, um, which is cute. I, I do love the idea of this picnic. This is like the perfect sort of like, I don't know, Friday evening, Saturday evening sort of uh, get together. It's like super casual. I just really like this idea. And I love fish and chips too. We'll get into that. But, um, And she says she kind of teases the idea that she's going to make some homemade pickles in a bit. Uh, but before we get there, we get some B-roll of TR casting out from the pier, not the pier, but the docks, fingers crossed that something will bite. Um, and I don't really know. I mean, I don't know anything about fishing. And Kate, I know you're listening to and you could probably answer this in like a, a heartbeat. But is there a big difference? I'm assuming there is like because he's like, I've never fished off a dock before as opposed to what? Like fishing off a boat? Like what would be I'm imagining what would be different there? Like, obviously, you'd probably have a little bit more depth out in, in the middle of like a lake or something. And you probably have to be a little bit more diligent or I don't know. What is the difference? I'm I'm sort of interested and not interested to know. But I'm assuming that there's some, you know, when he's he made mention of it. So I'm assuming that there's some sort of skill or alteration to dock fishing versus lake fishing. I don't know. Anyway, um, so we're back in the kitchen with Ina. She says that um, she like what does she say? She says she likes to hot rod store bought items from time to time, which I love that. I love that idea of hot rodding something, just like amping it up and juicing it up a bit. And in this case, she is chopping up some pickles on the diagonal and putting them into a little bowl. And then she just kind of uh, like she said, she hot rods <laughs> these pickles. She adds two tablespoons of white wine vinegar or champagne vinegar. 
and um, then just a whole bunch of dill, and she puts it in the two plastic containers. I think it's a really great sort of uh, last-minute thing to sort of amplify something or just, like, bring out the natural... Because basically she's just adding more, like, pickling juice. You know, I'm imagining that's, like, a huge component of pickling is vinegar and the dill that already went into it. So she's just kind of, like, uh, I don't know, taking it to the next level, hot-rotting. Um, and then she puts those pickles in the two plastic containers... The pickles are ready, and now all she has to do is finish her crostata. So she takes out, and not really finish, she has a lot more steps to do on this crostata, in my opinion. Uh, so she takes the, the now cooled dough out of the refrigerator, and she rolls it into an 11-inch circle. And she transfers the dough over to a sheet pan, and then she makes the filling, which is peaches, plums, and blueberries. So she tells us the way that she prepares the peaches is she blanches them for a minute in boiling water, and then throws them into an ice bath to sort of shock them, and then she peels the skin off of them. I don't know about you, I like the peach skin. Or maybe she kept the peach skin on? Ugh, you think I would have remembered that. But I, in general, like I know some people prefer to have, I think Keon, he he prefers maybe, I don't know if I'm speaking for him, but I think he prefers to have his cucumber skin peeled off. And I don't, I love the skin. I mean, if it's dirty, or if it's like bitter, um, yeah, by all means, like do it. But... I tend to like to have the skin on. I like skin on my potatoes, skin on my fruits, I guess. Um, and and that's all I got to say about that. But anyway, back to this. Uh, what's the next thing she puts in? Some plums. Plums. I, I forget about plums. I forget about plums just as much as I forget about pears. But I do like plums. I used to, <laughs> I used to work. I had this job when I was in college or high school. It was like a summer job. But it was actually pretty lucrative because it was like... I mean, I still had to pay, like, taxes on it, but it was all, like, under the table, sort of. It was, like, you know those, like, fruit stands, fruits and vegetable stands on the side of the road where people just, like, sit there all day and, like, read a book and sell fruit? That's what I did one summer, and it was awesome. And I would, like, start every day by, like, opening up, like, a fresh cantaloupe and just, like, diving in for breakfast. It was awesome. And I feel like I did also eat a lot of plums that summer, too. But, like, since then, I never think to get them at the grocery store I feel like they can be hit or miss, but in general, plums are pretty great. So I just had to take a moment to tell you all about plums. I'm <laughs> like, obviously everyone knows about plums, but I uh, I got really excited for them. And uh, anyway, and then the third fru- uh, fruit that she dumps in is some blueberries. And into that, those are all in a bowl, obviously, and she puts in a tablespoon of flour, some sugar, and some grated orange zest, and then uh, two tablespoons of freshly squeezed orange juice. And then she tosses it all together, all, all together, and she says, um, "She says I have to say I've known Tr since he was 15, and I can't say that I've ever seen him with a fish." Hmm. That was an added hmm there, but it was cute. He's she's known him since he was 15, and I think the story goes that he worked at the Barefoot Contessa. I mean, that's the story that I've made up in my mind. I think because how else would have they met? I guess like. If maybe like family friends or something like that. But I, I think in my mind, TR worked at the Barefoot Contessa and then, you know, the rest is history. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, you know, that's the story I'm going with today. Um, so she, after she gets uh, the fruit sort of all combined with the ingredients, she puts the fruit in the middle of the crust or the dough, I guess. And, um, and then we get a smash cut to TR and he's he's not having good luck with the fish. He's like, I wonder what canned tuna tastes like in batter. And it's like, you know, yuck, 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 yuck. 
Um, but we all know that this is sort of planned out, that TR is eventually going to go to the fish store, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Um, we're back into the kitchen for some crumble in the food processor, which, I mean, if the dough looked good, the crumble looks even better. It's, it's like pretty much almost the same thing, actually. So, yeah, it's like flour, sugar, salt, and four tablespoons of butter. It's almost just like what the crust is, but crumbled on top. So she puts... Um, she she added the fruit in the middle of the dough and then she sort of folds it up, you know, rather earthy and just like kind of it's just like, um I don't know, it's like this little package. It doesn't like cover the whole thing completely, too. It's such a cool, like homemade rustic dessert. I feel like anyone can make this dessert like it's kind of foolproof in a way. So it just it just looks great. The crumble she puts on top of it. I, I could eat this whole thing like <laughs> raw. I would like love it, even though that's terrible for you. Well, there aren't any eggs in it, are there? I can't remember. Either way, no one should be eating this much raw dough, but it just looks oh, it looks so good. So uh, she throws the crostata into the oven, 450 for 35 to 30 minutes. And then we start on the fish and chips. So um, she's making the batter at the house to take over to TR's shack in quotes. Um, And into that batter goes flour. Um, My next ingredient just says tablespoon. So I don't know if that was, oh, it's a, it was like, it was weird. It was like a a cup of flour and then like plus one tablespoon, which I find so fascinating that like, because I know Ina likes to test all these recipes, obviously, that like, imagine making like a whole crostata and then thinking like, hmm, I, I think we might need just like a tablespoon more flour. I just find that very interesting. So um, there's that. And then uh, she adds some lemon zest, a pinch of cayenne pepper, um, and then salt and pepper as well. And she whisks in a half a cup of water. And then she puts in one egg to the batter and whisks that in as well. And she puts it in like this huge, you know, like those like, I don't know, they're probably like five or six inches high. It's the container that you would get when you order like a large wonton soup, you know what I mean? They're like, I don't know what, if it's like a liter or something like that, but the batter only comes up about like an inch and a half and there's just like so much space. I don't know why I noticed that, but I did. So next we are back on the docks with TR and finally he raises the white flag and tells us that uh, desperate times call for desperate measures. And I think it's important to know because Matt, I know you mentioned this too, it is such a specific era of like style in the early 2000s where like I said he's wearing the Lacoste it's like a purple Lacoste long sleeve polo with like they're not like acid wash jeans but you know how like back in the 2000s like jeans were a little bit more like they had holes in them you know what I mean I don't think these do I think they're like a little bit more sophisticated than that I just like remember when I was in middle school and high school and I desperately wanted jeans with holes in them because that's I feel like and I'm not the first person to ever say this, obviously, too, but, like, your identity in middle school and high school is, like, based on your clothes. Like, if you had good clothes, at least you could sort of latch on to that. But if you didn't, you were just sort of, like, I don't know, average, which is also, like, fine. But at the time, like, the stakes are always so high in middle school and high school that, like, I don't th- I don't know if I ever got jeans with holes in them. If I did, I probably bought them on my own, like, once I was in college and, like, had a job. But... The, the thing about TR, I think I think the piece de resistance here is the the white belt that he's wearing that in the early 2000s. And again, I don't know who makes these rules. 
the belt, you would like latch it up or, you know, secure the belt, but there were, you would leave enough of the belt to sort of like hang over in front of you like this, like, it's almost like it should be a tail, like on your backside, but it's in your front. It's just like this, like excess belt that just hangs down. And I remember everyone had it. And I think I tried to do it, but I could, oh God, I could not pull it off at all. It was terrible. I was just like some like chubby husky kid. I was in the husky section for sure in middle school. Oh my God. Um, and I, I could never really like the way that I thought I looked was never the way that I actually <laughs> looked, but I just like love Matt. I love that you, um, you also pointed that out too, because that was like one of my notes. I was like, Oh, the belt, the white belt. It's, it's, and it's, it wasn't like a, um, like a leather belt or pleather or whatever it is. It was like made of, I don't know, like this thick sort of material that was like it wasn't cloth what's the word I'm looking for but um it definitely wasn't leather is what I'm trying to say I guess but uh this is all to say that in you know in this fabulous outfit TR heads to the fishmonger and gets some kind of fish actually I don't think he actually ever said what kind it was but it looks great and um we're back to Ina. She's chopping up some potato wedges. Uh, she's going to flavor them with rosemary and garlic, or she calls them the chips, excuse me, um, because today is all about fish and chips. And I, really, I, I will say, I'll go into fish and chips now because I, I, I can't wait another moment longer to talk about them. But I feel fish and chips is always one of my go-tos, actually. Like, if I'm at a restaurant or, like, especially, like, a pub, it doesn't have to be, like, a proper pub but like anytime I'm in a bar sort of like cozy pub like restaurant I just immediately want to order fried fish and chips I, I just think there's something that goes so well like with a beer and chips I should just like move to the UK really I, and I've not been to the UK Claire if you're listening um, we're coming we're coming one day Keon and I I feel like once I don't know the world is so like crazy nowadays with like international travel and like what's allowed and what's not but I feel like the UK has always been on my list I feel like I'd fit in there really well as far as like the culture the food I really like the rain (laughs) so I feel like it would be a good match but I I specifically love fish and chips and I, I do like like a fish sandwich um and and french fries too like I just anything that's like beer battered fish on the menu Ooh, with like malt vinegar on the french fries and maybe just like a little bit on the fish too uh it is divine it's heavenly um i lost my place here where where were we so oh yeah i mean she's making these chips i'm not gonna bore you with the details i mean it's basically wedges of potato idaho potatoes you know some fresh rosemary some fresh garlic and she she kind of just tosses in some olive oil and she packs it up because she's making it a tr so i'm you know, nothing too exciting there. They're still, they still look great though. Um, so she's, uh, she finally packs it up and goes to TR's. She shows up with like a platter. Um, TR is such a, a sensual double kisser. Like I will say like, it's, it's, I mean, it's very, I don't know. It's like steamy in a way. Like the way he kisses Ina is just so like, (laughs) obviously there's no romance between them, but I just feel like TR would be, a tender lover if that makes sense I know that's like weird to say out loud but um I just feel like he has uh this sort of sensual side that like comes out and I think he knows it at the same time of course he does he's like the most beautiful man that ever walked the earth but um I'm 
uh, just like to talk about his shack in quotes here. Like, I am obsessed with the color of his cabinets. I don't even know what color it is, but I will try my best. I feel like it is a light version of seafoam green. It's like, I think it's more green than blue, but it is like definitely a bluish green, but really light. It actually like, I feel like this was filmed in the early 2000s, but I feel like it's still like this color is very popular today. I would say, I don't know. I don't know what color it is, but you know, I'm, I hope, I'm hoping I'm doing it justice, but um, it is so cute. And really we only see the kitchen area and then there's like a little bit of a sliver of a shot into like the bedroom so it is like a you know a house like you can live there um and i wonder if this is just like a summer home or like you know what's does he have another house i'm interested in the life of tr i should just like i don't know stalk him on the internet not not stalk him but um you know do a couple google searches to see like I almost just said where he lives, but that's like the definition of stalking. I'm like, I'm not stalking him. I just want to see where he lives. Um, but I I just like, I know he's obviously a successful, like, uh, I feel like, um, like model really. And I, I think he's still at it. Like, I just, uh, I'm intrigued by him. So anyway, uh, it's just like this beautiful quaint bungalow that just happened to be like fish themed. Like they call it a shack, but it's really not. It's really cute. Um... So next, TR reveals to Ina, he reveals the fish to her, and he's like, uh, freshly caught. And Ina, she's not buying it. She says, that looks suspicious, suspiciously like you caught it at the seafood shop. Hmm. And TR is like, ugh, you caught me. And it's like, fine. And TR chops up the fish while Ina puts the potatoes in the oven. And um, after the potatoes are in the oven, Ina walks up to TR, and she's like, so while those are baking you want to show me the dock? And TR says, of course. And then Ina opens the door and gives her classic line, come with me. (laughs) Which is funny because it's like, it's TR's house. You know, it's like, it's his tour to give, but she's like in the, and she's like taking, taking charge anyway. I just like love that. Um, Because it should have been TR that said, come with me. But uh, I just thought that was really funny. It made me LOL. Um, so and before they go down, I feel like there's like a sunroom also on the outside. They grab. It's really funny. Like they all they show is um, two glasses and a bottle of white wine. And Ina, they don't show their faces. They just show like an arm reaching out for the wine, which is Ina. And then TR reaches out for um, the two glasses. It's very, you know, all very curated, of course. But it looks great. Um, so they are they're on the dock. And they they cheers. It's very romantic, like I said. Like it is like such a great. I mean, anything by the water is. There's already sort of a sense of romance and possibility, I guess. Which is funny because it's like Ina and Tr. Um, so they they clink glasses a couple times, and then Ina excuses herself to go check on the chips. And Tr he just like gazes out onto the lake and says, I don't know. I I swear he gives her like another kiss, and he's like, Bye, sweetie. The way he said bye, sweetie, there was so much nuance there. It seemed like he was, I don't know, there was there was something behind that. He seemed like troubled and very like contemplative, contemplative, contemplative. I don't know. He seems very relaxed. He's probably just a little buzz from the wine, uh, to be honest. So while TR is, you know, thinking about his life and his choices on the dock, Ina is prepping the fish for frying and she checks the temperature of the oil with a candy thermometer. And then she basically just dunks the fish in the batter that she made and places them into the pan. It looks so good. Again, I just love fried fish. 
and she takes them out to drain and takes the chips out of the oven, which look perfect. The one thing I do hate about potatoes is that they take so long to cook. I know that's like a first world problem, but and I know there's like shortcuts like you can sometimes boil them first and then like just to soften them up and then cook them and crisp them up in the oven. I know there's like a whole bunch of options, but I feel like that I think she said she cook them for like 35 to 45 minutes I just think that's crazy but they are good obviously um I guess you could do an air fryer as well that's another option anyway um she takes them out uh where was I I lost my place here oh she wraps it up in the newspaper which I feel is like very proper um she puts the she puts like a little bit of parchment paper between like the newspaper and the fish uh, and it just looks so great and she kind of just puts the, the the chips in the bottom and then the fish on top and takes them out to uh, to the deck or the dock excuse me um, and they're just kind of munching away and TR says thank you so much I would have starved and Ina asks if TR likes the fish and chips with the tartar sauce he says he does Ina asks if he's ready for dessert and the crustata just looks like the color on this I mean the plums, those plums are just like so vibrantly like this like beautiful fuchsia color like mixed with the the peaches and the blueberries. It just looks great. Like I know I say almost every episode like I should make this sometime, but I really do feel like I I want to make this. Uh and maybe will. Again, I say this and then 6 months from now I probably will never make it. So Maybe I will try to hold myself accountable to the summer fruit crustata since summer is almost at the close. So um, so she brings out the crustata, like I said, and it's just on like the sheet pan. She's like, how about this? No plates, summer fruit crustata. And she laughs. And then, you know, she toasts with her fork. They sort of like clink together. And they <laughs> also like sort of like sword fight at the end it is great and not much is said it's all like more of like what they're doing versus what they're saying and their body language they're on the deck and they're like Ina is like the way she goes into that crostata it's like she didn't cut it so she's just like going in and again there's no judgment there because like I would if this was in front of me and it was like all to myself I would just like I would just like put my face in it like a pie eating contest and just like inhale it because it looks so good but she's like starting from the middle I don't know uh, again no judgment um, and then that's it like they sort of like fade out like we see like the backs of Ina and TR sitting on the dock the sunset looks beautiful and then we fade out uh, and that's the end of the episode so maybe TR didn't get his catch but at least he was able to catch up with his good pal Ina. You like that there, Hong Kong? Um, and with that terrible joke, I think it's time, I think it's time that uh, I wrap things up and end this episode. So thank you again for listening, everyone. If you want to follow the podcast on social media or send me a message for uh, an episode recommendation, you can find it on Instagram and Twitter at GoodVanillaPod. And you can send me an email at GoodVanillaPod at gmail.com. Also, as I mentioned before, I made a Facebook group for The Good Vanilla. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kachanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.